the Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. The music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. by the papers that more than a million newlyweds are setting up homes this year. Well, besides wishing you luck, may I say this? Whether you live in an eight-room house, a small apartment, or even one room, the regular use of Johnson's Wax will make your new home a much more beautiful place. If you've never waxed a floor, say, you'll be delighted with its shining wax-polished beauty. But don't stop with your floors. Perhaps you have an antique china cabinet or an old sideboard or bookcase you picked up somewhere. These pieces may look dull now, but a protective coat of Johnson's Wax will give them a bright, glowing sparkle you'll be proud of. All through your home, there are other things that need waxing with Johnson's Wax. Your new furniture, of course. Not to mention a hundred other things like windowsills, tabletops, radios, and leather goods, whose smooth, richly polished appearance all adds up to shining beauty for your home. Use it regularly, won't you? Ask for Johnson's Wax, paste, liquid, or cream. When a woman sees her so-called better half coming dashing up the front walk, hatless and wild-eyed, a newspaper in his hand, she can be safe in assuming that something has popped or is about to. That's the situation right now at 79 West Vista as we join Fibber McGee and Molly. Look at the lad run. He hasn't moved that fast since he got his muffler caught in the taxi cab door. I wonder what... Hey, Molly, give me a dollar, quick. This is the last day. Hurry up, kiddo. Give me a buck. Get me an envelope. Hurry. Now, now, I calm can't... down, McGee. Take it easy. This is the last day for what? Or is it just the last day? It's the last day to send in a dollar. Hurry up. Give me a dollar bill. Give me an envelope. I got to send a buck. Now, now, wait a minute. Stop hopping around. Count to ten and then tell mother. Two, four, six, eight, ten. Look. When I saw this ad in the Gazette... Now, McGee. Huh? You're approaching the age, dearie, when your blood pressure is entitled to some consideration. Yeah, but... You must learn to take things a little easy. Yeah, but... Now, relax. <laughs> Nothing is this important. Yeah, but... So you saw an ad in the Gazette. Yeah. You have to send somebody a dollar for something. Yeah. Now, then for what? Look, we got to quit stalling around. We're wasting time. This is the last day. This ad says... Well, wait a minute, I'll show you. Yeah? Here it is. Look. It says, attention, last day, send $1 to Box 217, Whistle Vista Gazette. Yes? Well, don't you understand? This is the last day. It says so. Yeah, but what do you get for your dollar? Why, you get a... It says it's the last day to... I mean, if we don't... <laughs> hey, that's funny. It don't say what it's for. Sweetheart, I never thought I'd have to explain the facts of life to you after all these years. <laughs> well, that's a racket. What? It is? Certainly. Didn't you read where they arrested a man for that? No. He just puts his ad in and waits for the gullible to send in their money. Well, what do you know? That's <laughs> pretty clever, ain't it? Yeah. I kind of thought of that. <laughs> That's my trouble. I'm always on the wrong end of a promotion. Yeah, and I'm glad of it. As it is, the shadiest thing you've ever been in was a picnic grove. <laughs> <laughs> 
taking care of that and saved a dollar. Is there anything else new in the paper? No, just the usual stuff. Election news, labor trouble, and football scores. Politics, pickets, and fun. <laughs> Whose picture is that on page three? Uh, where? Oh, Ronald Coleman. Oh, my favorite actor. You know, I went to see Aerosmith so many times. I started using ether for perfume. Hmm. <laughs> What's the news about him? Nothing much. Says he's got to get away from Hollywood for rest. Says he... Come in. Mr. McGee here. I'm Mr. McGee, bud. State your business briefly. I'm a busy man. Telegram. I'll take it. Thank you. Sign here. Okay. There you are. Well, what are you waiting for? I realize, sir, that the custom of offering gratuities for services rendered is considered undemocratic and inclined to undermine the spirit of free enterprise, but who am I to fly in the face of established tradition? <laughs> What's this little mug talking about? A tip here. Huh? Oh! Oh, yeah. Oh, I get it. Well, here you are, bud. Here's a dime. A dime? Gee, <laughs> won't mother be pleased. Now I can get her that string of polo ponies. <laughs> ah, ten cents sure looks big to kids his age, don't it? <laughs> ah, he thinks he can buy horses with it. <laughs> I remember when I was a lad, Alice. Where's the telegram from, dearie? Open it up. Well, I can't open it. It ain't addressed to me. It just says, oh, my gosh. This isn't a coincidence. It says, Ronald Coleman, care of Mr. and Mrs. Fibber McGee's 79 Wistful Vista. Hold for arrival. Hold for arrival. Ronald Coleman coming here? Looks like it. But why? He doesn't even know a few. He knows me. I got his autograph once at the Union Station. <laughs> I told him if you ever wanted to get away for a good rest, to drop in for a week or so. I say, this is jolly good of him, old girl. What? Be rousing sports, won't it? Showing the old chap about the village. You've been playing too much pool, dearie. Some of the English has come off on you. <laughs> What I don't understand, McGee, is just why. Blimey. That must be the blighter now. Put on a pot of tea, old thing, and have the charwoman tidy up the dig. I'll believe this when I see it. Come in. You can hurry back for Manstead East now, my lordship. It's Dr. Gamble. Really? The physician tap? Good day, old boy. Glad you could pip in, pop-up. I mean, uh, <laughs> glad you could pop in, pip-pip. <laughs> what goes on here? You've been giving him English muffins for breakfast, Molly? Or did the dentist sell him a London bridge? Now he's expecting a visit from Ronald Coleman, Doctor. Apparently this Bond Street brogue is his idea of hospitality. I say, old kumquat, have a chair. We'll have a spot of pico and a jolly old beano, what? Isn't this nauseating? <laughs> My dear, when you pick a fellow with a British accent, you really pick a dilly. <laughs> I Joe, oh boy, that was a ripper. <laughs> Piccadilly, he says. Oh, <laughs> oh, blast me, I shall have to write a letter to the Times. Dearie, you have no idea how awful you sound. Why can't you just be your old corny self? <laughs> In the first place, Bag Bridge, you have about as much chance of a visit from Mr. Coleman as I have from the stork. What am I saying? I meet the stork every day. <laughs> and if you'll mind your manners, Gargles... You can meet Ronald Coleman in person right here, right today. A wire came here for him a while ago. Strange enough, it really did, Doctor. Yes, Addressed to him, care of us. Saying hold for arrival. If you're not too busy, drop in later, huh? I'm afraid I will be, my dear. As I told Mr. May... <clears throat> As I told one of my patients... We heard you the first time, you big Romeo. 
Neglecting your practice to shilly-shally around with Pete, eh? Do you ever stop to think you might wind up with a ring in your nose, lover boy? Why, you little gutter snake. I ought to tell you... Now, 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 boys, boys. Remember, Santa Claus might be listening. (laughs) But I think Jockey ought to know what Latrivia is saying about him. I haven't the slightest interest in what Latrivia... Yes? He says the best way he can sell himself to Fifi is to let her go out a few times with you. What? He says you're groomed like a country road. <laughs> and you smell like a fracture ward. And you act like an underprivileged Zulu. Now, McGee, I don't believe he ever... Oh, he said that, did he? Yeah. By George, if I have... That's probably for me, my dear. I'll get it. Hello, Gamble speaking. Yes? Well, offhand, I'd tell you your trouble was circulatory. Better drop in my office in the morning. Yes. Say you feel warm when you stand up, but get cold when you sit down. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I'll see you in the morning, Mr. Winterbottom. (laughs) Oh, I say, old Rutabagger, must you toddle off? Rather, rather. Have a jolly visit from the cinema chapel, Joe. Tally-ho, my dear. And I'll see you next Noel, coward. Sounds worse on him than it does on you, dearie. He don't see enough movies. Can't stay awake in them. Every picture he's seen for the last 15 years has been the big sleep. Now, look, McGee, this is a lot of nonsense. What's a lot of nonsense? This business of Ronald Coleman coming here. There's about as much chance of his coming to see you as there is of getting the Democrats out of office. Well? That wasn't a very good metaphor, was it? Billy Mills from the orchestra, and why does it get so late so early?
was very introspective, what you'd call an ingrown hair. Oh! Huh? What are you doing with my meat grinder? Grinding up some old cigars to make pipe tobacco for when Ronnie pulled me out. You like pipe tobacco. I got enough now to take care of him for quite a while. If it's your own cigars you ground up, it'll take care of him permanently. <laughs> and by the way... Yes? Are you going to call Mr. Coleman Ronnie? Isn't that a little presumptuous? Look, kiddo, for the dough I've shoved through box office windows to see that guy fly to Shangri-La, I can call him Ignat. <laughs> hey, maybe that's him. Hand me that copy of Dickens' Christmas Carol. Thanks, here. You take this. It's punch. Thanks, but I'm not thirsty. He's living a drink. It's a magazine. It's English. Oh. We want Ronnie to know we know that... Come in. Oh, hello, Mayor Latrivia. Come right in. Thank you, Molly. Good day, McGee. I say, old chap, this is a bit of all right having you barge in like this. I beg your pardon. Daisy's glad to see you, Mr. Mayor. Yes, do have a chair, old pumpkin. I hope the Mater and Tater are well. That you're getting along handsomely with that bit of fluff from the theater. Uh, you see, right? I don't quite know what's going on here, Mrs. McGee, but I think your husband is confused. He doesn't want to see me. With those adenoids, he wants Dr. Gamble. Well, McGee's expecting Ronald Coleman this afternoon, Your Honor. He's just practicing up to talk Mr. Coleman's language, he thinks. Really? Ronald Coleman, a friend of yours, McGee? Oh, quite right. Old school tie, you know. You'd better loosen it, dearie. I think your old school tie is strangling you. <laughs> Coming up to spend the fortnight, Ronnie is. We have the English colony, you know. Why, Joe, this is interesting. I didn't know you were English, McGee. That makes two of us. I didn't know it either. <laughs> well, I am, you know. So I... I find it deucedly difficult to talk intelligently with the city hall crowd. Rather. Of course, one can always discuss literary matters with one's secretary. <laughs> uh, my secretary is absent today, old boy. Her boyfriend's runabout ran out of petrol last night. My goodness. You two sound just like Reginald Gardner and Arthur Treacher. We do? <laughs> done by Abbott and Costello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I say, that's most amazing. <laughs> but how about scrounging up a bit of refreshment, old gal? Give the Lord Mayor a spot of oolong and a lumpet. <laughs> the word is trumpet, dearie. It is? I thought trumpet is what you do to your partner's ace. <laughs> that's trumpet, McGee. Go on. A trumpet is a bugle with knobs on it. Why should I ask my wife to give you some tea and a bugle? That's ridiculous. Yes, I quite agree. Let's drop the whole thing. Okay. How's tricks down at the city hall, LaDriv? You stealing much? <laughs> what? Time from your work to see Fifi, I mean. I figured you'd be with her a lot after what Doc Gamble said. You know what he said? Oh, now, McGee, don't it start. I'm not the least bit interested in what Dr. Gamble says about Miss Tremaine and myself. Course not. What did he say? Doc says the best way he can sell himself to Fifi is to let you go out with her a few times. He says you're about as well-groomed as an alley cat. You got an air about you like a livery stable, and you act like an underprivileged buffalo. Oh, he said that, did he? I drove out. I... McGee, were there any monkeys in your family tree? Not that I know of, but there Why? Then why do people like you always carry tales? Good day. My goodness, dear, if you don't stop needling those men, you're going to wind up in more jams than an ant at a picnic. 
Ah, they need a little needling to keep them on their toes. Hey, I wish I knew what time Ronnie was going to get here. You think I got time to grow a mustache? Frankly, no. But I have an eyebrow pencil. Hello, folks. Am I intruding? Good greetings, old Fredean. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Certainly you're not intruding. Come right in. Jolly good to see you, old tomato. Say, if we have any more visitors, sweetheart, you're going to run out of vegetables. <laughs> what uh, are you rehearsing for, pal? A bundle for Britain? We're expecting a visit from Ronald Coleman, Mr. Wilcox. No kidding. That's great. I've met a nice guy and a fine actor. Oh, top hole, old boy. Upper half, top door. Bit of all right, what? You know, I don't know how much more of this I can stand, Mr. Wilcox. I'm beginning to think we were on the wrong side at Valley Forge. <laughs> hey, uh, what's the paper under your arm, pal? Racing form for Epsom Downs? This copy of Punch, old buffer. Published in London, you know. Rather an old copy, but I thought it might amuse Ron. Ron? Oh, gee. Let me take a look at it, pal. I love old magazines. Well, an interesting back cover on this one. Hmm? What is it, Mr. Wilcox? The picture of an English kitchen. Bright, oh. shining linoleum floor. Uh... See, uh, it says, uh, Benson B. Ponsonby, Tattersall, and Wheedle take great pride in recommending to their valued trade the regular use of Johnson's self-polishing blow coat for the preservation of their linoleum. Not what I'd call flashy, kid, but... It, it says, Benson B. Ponsonby, Tattersall, and Wheedle respectfully submit that Johnson's blow coat does a most meritorious uh... service... In protecting one's linoleum against scratches, abrasions, dampness, dirt, spills, porridge. Heavenly days, Mr. Wilson. Oh, he's making that. In addition, Glowcoat has the very excellent capability of drying completely in 20 minutes or less. Thus imparting, without necessity of rubbing or buffing, a bright, gleaming finish, optically quite pleasing. Signed, Benson B. Ponsonby, Tattersall and Weedle Limited. Polished purveyors by appointment to His Majesty, Richard the Lionheart. Goodness, old firm, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, hey, look, pal, if you do see Ronnie, remember me to him. Uh, where'd you meet him, Mr. Wilcox? Oh, we were going around with the same girl. My gosh, Waxy. Really? Yes. <laughs> sure, his wife, Benita. Ooh. We were in a revolving door at the Waldorf. <laughs> see you later, sir. He must have been born in a revolving door. He tells the dizziest... Oh, hey, Molly, what's going to be for dinner when old Ronnie gets here? How about some Skittles? Englishmen love Skittles. I never cooked a Skittle in my life, maybe. I've got some wonderful steaks in the icebox, though. I'll go call the grocer now. Okay, Tootsie, you go right ahead. Ah, oh, there goes a good kid. He knows I'm about as English as the Dublin City Hall. But does she complain? No, sir. She just thanks her lucky stars I'm not expecting the Chinese ambassador for dinner. <laughs> I can't do Chinese. I can't. Come in. Hi, mister. Oh, it's you, Teeny. No, it is not, It isn't, eh? Yes. I says it isn't, eh? It isn't what? That's right, it isn't you. I know it. My daddy says I haven't been myself all week. <laughs> Who have you been? Fine, thanks. Who have you been? Now, wait a minute. Let's start this all over. Okay. Hi, mister. Hi, sis. I'd ask you to stay a while, but I'm awfully busy right now. We're expecting Ronald Coleman this afternoon. Oh, boy, Ronald Coleman. Mm -hmm. I love Ronald Coleman. Mm -hmm. he, he sends me. <laughs> when I saw him downtown a while ago, I almost swallowed my bubble gum. <laughs> <laughs> well, you shouldn't ought to be... Hey, you say you saw him downtown? Yeah, I did, I betcha. Willie Toops and I were downtown, and we went in the Bontown department store, and I had a lollipop in the oscillator. No, 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 no. You mean the escalator, sis. Osculate means kiss. Yeah, I had a lollipop in my oscillator. <laughs> and I was riding on the escalator, and all at once there he was, and he spoke to me. Ronald Coleman? No, the floor walker. Oh. He told me to get off the escalator with my sticky hand. Oh. 
Look, sis, you said you saw Ronnie Coleman. Where'd you see him? You know, my memory's pretty bad, mister. Hmm? Sometimes it takes a quarter to help me. Oh, okay, okay. Here's a quarter. Oh, boy, thanks, mister. Now I can see him again. Huh? He's down at the Bijou in Lost Horizon. So long, mister. I still think that kid's a major. singing sooner or later. Sooner or later you're gonna be coming around. I'll bet you. I'll bet you that I get you. You wait and see. Sooner or later you'll want to be hanging around. I'll let you. I'll bet you if I let off my basketball shoes and make a swell pair of spats. Englishman always wears spats. He'll like that. No, I gotta... no, no. Huh? You start wearing spats, we'll start having them. And they'll rock the neighborhood. <laughs> okay, okay. I just want to... Who is it, Molly? Who is it? If that's Ronnie, I want to be... Relax, dearie. Relax. It's only Officer O'Shea. Uh-oh. Come in. Hello, Officer. Do come in. Hi, uh, the top of the morning to you, boss. Hi, O'Shea. We'd ask you to sit down, but we're expecting company. Important company. The famous movie star, Mr. Ronald Coleman, is coming to visit us, officer, we think. Ronald? Ronald Coleman. Wouldn't be meeting Ronald Reagan now. Him with the devilish his eye that has the Carleen standing in line at the door. No, no, no. Not Ronald Reagan. Oh, no? What's the matter with a fine Irish lad like Ronald Reagan? Well, nothing, officer. Nothing at all. We think he's wonderful. Sure we do. He just don't happen to be coming to see me, that's all. And an intelligent move it is, too. <laughs> Ronald Coleman is on his way over here. One of the greatest actors in the business. Good-looking. English fellow. English, is he now? The shame of yourself, you scut. Cut a knife in the opposition with all the fine Irish boys making pictures for you to see. Yeah, but, officer, you see... I don't need a ruffle, Kutler. And you, the soft little wind with the lace in your throat, fair melting your age, which will fascinate of a husband. 
Look at the cut of him, the star scene. The triumphant lion sons and daughters of Patrick O'Brien, Farine O'Hara, Dennis O'Keefe, and that fine grass of a lad, Paul Muhuni. <laughs> Ah, get the shamrock out of your teeth and quit faking names, you big blarney bitch. <laughs> Ronald Coleman was a great actor when you were still trying to learn that phony Irish brogue of yours. Ah, just breaking me heart, he is, Mahoney. Turn his back on such stalwart sons of Aaron as Farley O'Boyer. Ignoring that... <laughs> Ignoring that fine young singer, him with the blood of the black Irish in him and the young girls kicking each other in the barby sauce and tearing the buttons off his throat. <laughs> Which one is that, officer? That Johnny Josh of the better tone, Francis or Sinatra. <laughs> Look, okay, I'm getting turned out of me way, you dirty informer. <laughs> I'm going down to a movie to apologize to, for you to the previous Irish colleagues that ever tripped over a tripod and I tripped <laughs> over me broad. <laughs> That little fair one. How will the gall of a polymer sunset in her hair and the blue of the lake to Kalani in her eyes? That pretty little Colleen, Ingrid O'Bergman. <laughs> Ingrid O'Bergman? The same. Give me regards to your Ronald Patrick O'Colman, McCushla, and may your thoughts never go dry. <laughs> That guy rings the bell making sure a search warrant before he gets in here. My gosh, it'll take two hours to get the mush out of my ears. Yeah. <laughs> he certainly is loyal, though, isn't he? He's just... What are you looking for, That dear? telegram. Oh, here it is. I don't see why Ronnie doesn't come on. Dad, that is so... Oh, here he comes, Molly. Now, get ready. He's... He... Come in. Mr. McGee, actually calling Coke Company. What's on your mind, Bob? I got that load of coal you ordered here. Load of coal? Oh, yeah, I'll show you where to put it. And, uh, by the way, did a telegram come here for me? Telegram? No, not the telegram. Oh, sure. There it is, right on the table, addressed to me. Ronald. Ronald? Ronald. Sure. Ronald the coal man. <laughs> the company always Ronald the coal man. Oh, this is disgusting. While you were doing the dishes tonight, did you happen to notice your kitchen linoleum was beginning to look a little faded and dull? You know, there's a very simple remedy for that trouble. Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. Glow coat requires no rubbing or buffing and very little work on your part. Yet this fine floor polish quickly gives faded linoleum surprising new life and sparkle. You apply it, let it dry, right away. Glowcoat restores almost all of your floor's original beauty. Brings out the pattern, makes the colors sharp and fresh. And gives the surface a clean, shining white polish. You'll especially like this tough wax protection now that winter is here. Muddy footsteps and dirt and moisture wipe up with a damp cloth in no time at all. So your linoleum and other floors always look clean and nicely polished. But for a really lasting shine, be sure to ask for Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. Yeah, you let me read it. That was nice. What did it say? Don't dump that coal this time till McGee pays for it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. This is Chicago, WMAQ.